Hello, and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in the modern world. I'm Linda, and I'm here with my friend Paul. You sound like you're whispering a bit. What's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> Am I whispering? Well, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a bit late in the day. Yeah. It's been a bit busy. You've had a very long day today. Long couple of days, but I get through it. Got some new recipes coming, so that's good. Very good. And today, what I thought, even though it wasn't, it's not about cooking, but know. today, well, it is a little bit. No, it's actually not. Um, today, I'd like to talk about uh, a lunch that we had today and the simple but so effective placement of just food on a few different uh, tasting platters, yep. a few different bowls, and the the simple joy of being able to choose your own food, try little samples, and then go back for seconds, thirds, <laughs> fourths. <laughs> well, I wasn't invited, so no, I, I can't really comment <laughs> on how it Sorry was. about that. Uh, it would have been boring to you. Yeah. Totally. But what was presented was uh, a couple of uh, meat platters, uh, meat, yeah, meat, cold, cold meats, some cheese, some a variety of dips, different types of bread, yep. which was really interesting, and some... So, um, just so everyone's aware, I pack. did this for Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to avoid for, making it so obvious. Yeah, for uh, a business meeting. I had my had. first client meeting in over two years yep. in an office. Yeah, exciting. It was for me. Wow. I actually missed it. I whatever, didn't realise like, Whatever I makes you noodle. Would. No, but I didn't, I didn't think I'd miss client meetings or meetings like that and I realized during it how much I missed face-to-face interaction with another professional mm. anyway but back to the topic story. at hand exactly I think what we're talking about is more maybe presentation like yes okay it didn't involve a lot of cooking I basically went to the market went to my favorite deli spent a heap of your money bought it back <laughs> made it look reasonably and not happy, appealing happy and, then, <laughs> and then made it look reasonably appealing and then walked away but um in the scenario that and we should probably go back a little bit to the conversation that we had yesterday about it because i think that's an important but even before that they had suggested catching up and wanted to go out to a restaurant yeah and i i just can't eat a really big hot meal during the day Mm. and not want to have a big snooze after it (laughs) or certainly (laughs) i i I find it very difficult to come back and focus really you know on point yeah. after having a big hot meal yeah and so i resisted that and, and they kept trying to suggest different cafes and i kept saying no let's come back here because we are surrounded by eateries and i had thought maybe some sat like just some entree size uh asian food vietnamese food on the yeah, table dumplings whatever yeah spring rolls i know exactly where you were going to go and the thing is is that or well, mixed sandwiches, a very Aussie yeah, yeah. mixed sandwich platter. How Aussie is that? Yeah. And who doesn't love a cucumber sandwich, let's be honest. But, <laughs> or chicken with lettuce and mayonnaise. Yeah, there you go. Or like, ham, cheese and tomato. Yeah. Stock but I kind of like... Ham and pickle. That rolls yeah, when you when we sort of started, when we had this, and it was a five minute discussion, right? And you said to me, okay, maybe sandwiches. And I just said no. And then you said, okay, maybe some takeaway of some sort you know sharing dumplings type situation and I said no and then my first question when I could get a word in (laughs) um, was what was their background 
because regardless of anything else, they're coming into your place, right? So if the brief is, is that they're coming here, um, you to a, from a cooking perspective, to an extent, you need to know a little bit of information. So if they're European, if they're Asian, if they're Indian, if they're whatever they are, because you don't, you know, you don't want to be serving a whole heap of beef to a bunch of no. potentially Indian clients that you may well not know that their belief system or vegetarian or vegan or whatever. So I wanted to sort of establish that first. And then I thought, given what you were trying to do, which is essentially have a meeting, but over a eating period, over a lunch time period, what is something that you can eat and go back for more easily that doesn't need require heat, number one, even though we've got a kitchen here, right? But not in the meeting. No, yeah. not coming out. <laughs> no. <laughs> serving. Um, You're not serving as lunch. So what what is something that keeps over a... Like you were in there for over two hours, I no, think. An yeah. hour and a half. No. Uh, it was an hour and a half. Okay, hour and a half. Yeah. They had another meeting to go to. Yeah, so you're in there for quite a while. So something that's going to keep, something that's going to last, something that even if you have certain dietary requirements, you could pick maybe stuff that you know leave the stuff alone that you wasn't appealing to you so that is the reason that we went down this path which probably leads me back to what you were talking about which is how it was put out on the table and it's quite deliberate so what i tend to do and what annoys me more than anything else when i go and have a cheese platter right when i order a cheese platter i'm not asking for strawberries grapes mango pineapple all of the other palaver that people put on a cheese platter i order a cheese platter for the cheese so and this is a personal thing right so if i'm doing something like that i will generally break it down into its individual components so on the for want of a better term i would have said you know you said cold cuts i hate that term on the cured Uh, on the the cured meat selection Mm -hmm. that we had um, it was separate to everything else it wasn't on the same plate as the cheese there was no dip on the same platter so everything was separated out because not knowing who the people were yes I know you but not knowing who the other guests were was okay maybe they are vegetarian so maybe they'll steer away from that but they can have some cheese and dip Mm. so all of that is done in quite a deliberate fashion. And what what I also do is separate it out because it means that there's less chance and likelihood because essentially, well, yes, it is a client meeting of sorts. You don't know these people like no, you and I me, don't. right? Mm. So what, what happens sometimes is if you just do one large platter, you get two people diving into the platter at the same time and it's kind of weird and awkward mm. right so that's why i separate i actually think it works better i separate out things because the likelihood of having six or eight different plates on the table and two people in the room going for exactly the same thing at the same time is far less likely and it, and it's so much easier during because we were conscious of time yeah and we were discussing not specific business but business issues 
it made it very informal. Mm. The person who was mainly talking had recently arrived from overseas and hadn't had that sort of selection from where he lives mm. in a long time because he hasn't been able to get into Australia. And so he, his eyes just lit up and he just thought, woohoo. And he, he just loved being able to sample constantly little yeah. bits. Not over, no one overeat it, like no one overate. Mm. It was just lovely to be able to just keep. And I did notice, and I did, was a very appreciative that the mushroom was on a separate plate. But, <laughs> um, but it did mean that everyone was able to lean across the table easily because it's quite a big table that we sat at and we're mm. quite a way away from each other. But it was able to easily pass something or reach for it without actually intruding on, on the some, conversation or on somebody else. You yeah. didn't have to sort of lean over them or get them to pass you anything. Yeah, because which, which was also really great. Yeah, and that's become a consideration now, especially around part of my job, you know, doing sort of, for want of a better term, cooking demonstrations, is because previously what you might do is you might create a single plate of, let's say you do a roast beef, right? And you do some sliced roast beef and you've got eight guests sitting in front of you and you create one plate and basically you give that plate to guest number one and it just moves its way down the line. But because of COVID, right, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. No. So the sharing situation, like, and because that's a nice way to eat, right? As a general principle, I think it's a mm. nice way to eat. The sharing situation has become a little bit more difficult, which is, and a lot of the things like this, uh, the reason that I did it like that was also because of that. Because I thought, well, at least you're still maintaining some sort of distance between each other. You're not diving into the one spot altogether all at the same time. Um, and it's easy for people to access individual bits. So you know what I mean? So all of that was sort of taken into consideration. So I think what we're trying to say is, is when you are doing whatever event that might be, Consider the crowd, consider where you are, consider the environment, what's trying to be achieved. If it's a social gathering, who cares, right? Just chuck it all on a plate and send it out. Like when you and Doug come over to yeah, our place, exactly. yeah. you know, you, me, Doug, and sit outside, yeah. everything's on the platter together yeah. and who cares? We all just dive yeah. in, right? But in the scenario where you have potentially a client meeting or you have guests that maybe you're not familiar with or whatever, um, giving them access to individual, not individual, but smaller portions that aren't all piled up together that they can, you know, easily get to without interrupting the flow of the conversation or, you know, anything like that. That's all of those things need to sort of come into consideration when you think, okay, what am I going to cook or what am I going to serve? We didn't actually cook anything, right? So what am I going to serve? Mm. And not only that, but give people the choice about how they want to consume it. And you said, you know, different breads and stuff like that. That was purposefully done because I know when I eat cheese, I like to have bread. I hate crackers. Can't stand them. They don't do anything for the cheese. I prefer bread. Um, but with a dip, depending on the dip, I actually prefer a cracker hmm. or a crisp or a crisp bread or something like that. Um, so giving people a couple of different textural choices about how they put their components together also adds up to what could be potentially seen as a better mix. And it doesn't cost anymore. It's just you're well, offering I, something different. And what I thought looked great, like usually when 
when it was all sort of just put on the table in front of us, when we're sort of just getting, when we're all just entering the room, was that the little touch you could put on, because each dip was on a, like a bread and butter size plate, yeah. a small plate. So it wasn't too much, it wasn't, mm. but it looked great. And you're able to put a little bit of parsley on the hummus and a little bit of olive oil, or you could put some tomatoes on the, whatever whatever that dip was, by the way, I'm addicted to that now. Yeah, rice capsicum. Uh, yeah. Okay, that was just, yeah, with a breadstick. But, you know, a little bit of tomatoes as a garnish on that. And that looked effective. So you're able to really make it look amazing mm. with just some little touches and didn't have to go overboard. No. Well, and it wasn't anything we didn't have on hand here. Like, you got a Christmas box with... Um, and I just sort of thought to myself, ah, you got a Christmas box. You're not using the stuff. And I know there's some docker in there. So yeah. rather than make some, I'm just going to sprinkle some docker over the top. I'm using coriander for something today in the cooking with steam kitchen okay. a few sprigs of that and drizzle of olive oil and hummus is now just a little bit maybe more appealing mm. if you like and it also the half a lot of the time what you can fall into with doing you know sort of i don't want to use the term antipasto but let's just call it that for the let's just say that that's what we did today um everything can sometimes look a bit monotone because you get bread, crisp bread, grassini sticks, everything's that yeah. sort of beige. And then you've got, you know, your dips, which is why people add fruits and things like that to get colour. Okay. Yeah, but that makes sense. But a little but, bit, you know, because even the plates, right, they were sort of that same sandstone mm-hmm. tone, if you like. Um, so a little bit of green on the hummus was the only green thing in there. But it stood out and made everything look a little bit more appealing because it was there. So Yeah, no, it did. It looked amazing. The thing is, is that when you put stuff together, have purpose, have a reason and purpose behind it. Don't just put fruit on a cheese platter just to get some colour. Because like, it does make it also hard to cut. That's yeah. the other thing I noticed that you'd done. There was a... The cheese was put into... There was a hard cheese and you'd sliced it down the middle mm. so that it was much easier to cut and it meant that you know, we all were sort of because that, that was a fantastic was it a sheep's cheese yeah I'll have to mm. say that but it was fantastic and mm. everyone was just going and just cutting off chunks but it was easy to cut yeah. with one hand leaning over yeah. uh, because it was thin yeah. rather than that bigger sort of wedge that it would have come in originally yeah because the other problem is and we've all been down this path somewhere along the way it's the, you go out to a restaurant and you order some sort of frozen dessert type thing. Let's just say a parfait or something like that. And then it comes to your table and it's like super frozen. And you dive in with your spoon and the spoon hits the bottom of or the side of the, the dish that it's in and makes a massive sound that's really like jarring. And you're like, oh my God, why is everyone looking at me? Because it's so frozen hard that you've put some muscle into it and you can almost crack the plate. Same thing happens with cheese. And truth be told, I had the cheese out mm. for a good well, hour before anyone arrived. Um, again, that made a big difference. To make to, it easier yeah. to cut. Because we didn't have cheese knives or anything. We're just using table knives, right? Mm. So all of those little things add up to hopefully something that is a... Like, we're not trying it, to wow no, them. No. Like, you're an accountant, right? We're not trying to wow them with your food yeah. wares, but you're trying to create at least something that your clients walk away from. Maybe it adds to 
you know, remembering that, remembering you, you know, remembering your business, maybe that adds to it by just doing some things and doing them with purpose, having reasons for putting meat and cheese and dips and separately and Mm -hmm. making things separate and putting little flourishes, like nothing stressful, but little flourishes here and there. And it didn't matter that we didn't have uh, matching platters or um, cheese knives or anything like that. It didn't matter at all. We had Mm. a couple of simple plates and a couple of boards to put the the, uh, cured meats and the the cheeses (laughs) on. and the rest of it was just normal dinnerware. Yeah. But really effectively yeah. presented. Because what you can do also, you have to consider, because remember, it was pretty much done by the time you all got in there and sat down. Mm. I only bought a few things. Oh, in. I whipped my but, fingers to the bone. <laughs> but, and also, like, in this particular scenario, now this is not, everyone at home may not do this, right? But... I mean, I've got um, a colleague of mine that's going to come over to my house for dinner in you know a month's time, or something. You know, it's a it's a colleague, right? But I'm going to make sure that everything's squared away and nice and clean. If you don't come over, I don't care, right? But <laughs> so yeah. you know, but no, what you can actually do also is through the way you put your food out, depending on the scenario, but through the way that the food is presented and placed, the way it's placed, you can set the tone. And it helps set the tone for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. If it's a casual, you know, da da da, you know, thing, then you can actually help that. And a casual social, we're just meeting for the first time. Yeah, we've spoken on the phone. We sort of know each other. Da 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 da. Like you can help set the tone of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Also, with how you present and place your food and where you place it and what you serve with it and all that sort of stuff. You know, if you if you said to me, okay, I've got my biggest clients coming in. I want to do, you know, something show-stopping. Okay, that's different. We would do, you know, potentially we could do a, like a proper sit-down multi-course lunch, yeah, as an example. And that would be more formal, you know. You may well have known the client longer, but if you wanted to do a sort of a show-stopping thing, well, that's maybe the direction you go. But you can set the tone of what it is that you're trying to achieve also through, or you can help set the tone through the food you serve and how you serve it. That's, that's a really good point because the person that I've been dealing with, I sort of basically know. Mm. We've had a few phone chats and a couple of Zoom meetings and things, but he was bringing his boss. And at the end of the meeting, because it was set that way, he said, well, you really know how to get me to open up because he just felt so comfortable being able to, without knowing us at all and still needing to talk about what he did and what he wanted and how, you know, how to move forward he was able to do it in a comfortable space mm. and not feel so kind of you know businessy well it's and also he, yeah, too, it, was really, yeah. it was really instructive yeah. for us and it was also all yeah also in the scenario like in that scenario you guys going out to a restaurant together four or five of you right you all go out to a restaurant together and then there's this awkward thing of who's going to pay the bill how much can you order who's going to do the ordering do you drink alcohol don't you like yeah. there's all of that so in the scenario that you're in it's probably not a bad call to do it the way you did it so yeah like i say it, it can set the tone and you can set yourself up for you know, you can use food to sort of help you relay what it is that you're trying to achieve. 
Mm. And in, in, particularly in a family sense, when mm. you might need to have family over or friends over, and it's been a while since we've had, you know, people at our houses, and we're sort of, you know, what do we do? What do we wear? Yeah. What do we cook? But this was a great way of just reminding us that it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be full on. You don't need to present. You don't need to cook anything particularly amazing. And this is what we said about Christmas. Mm. Please don't start a recipe for Christmas to feed 14 people and you are doing it for first time yeah. on the day. Mm. It will be, you know, you'll be stressed. And this was what today, I mean, I know I didn't actually do anything. Uh, thank you. But um, but it is something that anyone could do mm. with just thinking about, as you said, setting the tone. It's simple, nothing special, no special gadgets or or cutlery or, you know, plates, not getting out the best crockery. Mm. But it was a very nice, casual, informal meeting and it did the job. Yeah. So even if you are doing friends and family or whatever, like what is the... The question you need to ask yourself is what are you trying to achieve out of what it is that you're either cooking or presenting or doing? If you just want, I mean, you and Doug came, Doug came over oh, late last year, I think it was. Um, and it was just like, a, hey, let's have a catch up yeah. pre-Christmas or whatever. We'll throw, oh, okay, there you go. Throw some stuff on a platter and hmm. I was happy, you were happy, Doug we was happy. Yeah. Chinwag. And that's all yeah. we wanted to achieve. I didn't want to cook. No. Like, you know, so, yeah, I just think take into consideration all of those things. And if you don't know your guests, sort of cover your bases by not, you know, maybe separate things out, not into their food groups, right? No, you no. don't need to create the food, <laughs> well, pyra- the food pyramid. But there are people but who don't eat pork. There are people who don't eat meat at all. Dairy. There are people who, like, exactly. You know, there's all manner of stuff. And mm. some people, particularly these days, will get super finicky about... You know, even like gluten-free as an example, super finicky about, well, you know, if my gluten-free bread is in the same bowl as the not gluten-free bread, I don't really want to be involved in that. Totally fair enough, right? Mm. So, you know, separate some stuff out. You don't need mass volumes of items. That's the other thing. Because I've seen you cater for, you know, a staff birthday or something like that. Go over to our mates, the, the dumpling shop over here. Seriously, we've bought every dumpling that they've made that morning, and there's four of us working. There's five of us working no, in the office. Not exactly we, true. I think close. I think a larger, broader variety and less. And you want to like I knew there was too much cheese there, but you still want that sort of generosity mm. thing coming through. Um, but I looked. The first thing I did was go and look at what was left, and that's about perfect. For me, like there's enough cheese there that I can take home, <laughs> and you can take it some was, home. No, it was but really like all of yeah. the other bits. Like it's it was pretty much like it was one slice of terrine. You know that was enough, and they love that. Yeah, I think people were a bit nervous when it gets down to the last couple of pieces. They're like, I yeah. don't, I don't want to leave the last one. But everyone, which, which everyone is had even, a piece. in that in that scenario, which is even more problematic when you go out to a restaurant. Oh, yeah, we'll have some of those, let's just say dumplings. We'll have some of those dumplings. And there's four of you sitting and there's five dumplings in a serve. Yeah. Figure that out. Or there's, or there's four dumplings. Uh, yeah. Or there's five. three dumplings yeah. in a serve and there's four guests. Four, yeah, sitting there and you're like, right, yeah. who's going to go halves with me? Yeah. Who's going to be the grown up and step back? Yeah. I don't know. But that's, that worked really well. And I just thought that's a, interesting because it was simple. It was cleverly displayed and it absolutely set the tone 
for how, and we were able to talk for the whole meeting. People were moving around, getting a drink, sitting back down, reaching, getting food, and and the guests ate progressively throughout the whole meeting until even as they were like, okay, the buzz is gone, we're going to get to our next meeting. They were like, I could see, you know, it was like, well, one wanted to really just sort of settle in now and (laughs) finish off the rest, which was which was very pleasing. Mm. So yeah, I think um, anyway. I think we've said all we need to say. Like, just think about what it is that you're trying to achieve, and and what the under- tone and understand and the tone. understand that your food can help set the tone. Mm, like, which something we haven't really talked about before. No, but I want to, I do want to move on quickly because we have been telling people about. I am actually following through with what we said. We are doing. I am. I am going to create this into a series. Linda's favourites. Okay. So we've got to our. Yes. We did the zucchini slice pie whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we would potentially give that a tick to totally. different technique. And I, I think that overall, probably not that there's a, not that there's a winner and a loser. No, it's not a competition. No, but, no, but I would think your version is what I will do now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Same ingredients. All Same ingredients. So, slightly different technique. Yeah. But I really enjoy the texture and the way that you served it with that, I had, you know, with the yogurt. Yeah. That will be now my standard. So yesterday, I, well, a couple of days ago, I barked at you because I wanted your white chocolate and coconut cookie Cookie. recipe. Mm -hmm. And I've eaten your white chocolate and coconut cookie recipe. Anyway, I took the recipe. I think there's a flaw in the recipe. And I did make a, a single adjustment, but it may well have been because of what I did previously so what i am doing and what i'm looking at doing is taking your favorite recipes and looking at each individual component or ingredient in the recipe and go okay if it was me which it is what would i do to make this potentially my own or different or and i did check the recipe by the way and it was correct that one that i wrote out yeah okay well you see i don't fundamentally i don't agree with it but it's also may well be because of what i did so within the cookie recipe there is butter of course so rather than just cream some butter with sugar i made brown butter and then creamed the brown butter with sugar but here's the funny thing brown butter and white chocolate is fantastic together like really 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 good together it didn't have any effect on the creaming okay although it does take fractionally longer because the milk solids have been cooked a little bit and stuff so it does in theory work but the mixture was dry so i did add another egg um which i think textually made the mixture perfect easy to roll easy to bake all the rest of it so it didn't affect the end result i did make my cookies larger but the interesting thing for me is that i find now i sort of very roughly chopped the white chocolate. Like they're little buttons, right? Mm. And I think you put you just throw yours I just in. Them in. Yeah. So here's the difference. And I'm only saying because I remember your cookies quite well. Your cookies are much smaller. Okay, take it or leave it, whatever you like. Um, but the white chocolate is far, far more prominent in your cookies. Because I chopped them a bit, probably a bit too much, it was actually scattered throughout the cookie more, but there wasn't any noticeable chunks in there so while you could 
every now and again tell that it had white chocolate, not to the same degree as yours. But the funniest thing about it was the brown butter had no effect because what I did find, and I don't know if this is true or not, I don't remember, and I've eaten those cookies because hmm. used to, you know, be in your kitchen yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, I always knew that they were white chocolate. I never knew it had coconut in it, ever. Oh, really? But oh. the ones that I made yesterday... Because I chopped the white chocolate, and I'm pretty sure because of the brown butter, the coconut was very prominent, and it's exactly the same volume. I didn't change the volume of any dry ingredients. It's the same volume of coconut, but the brown butter had no effect. I really wanted that brown butter white chocolate thing to work together, uh, but it did nothing. So in the scenario of like looking at a recipe and going, okay, well, what would I do to change it? I'm... Um, there was nothing wrong with the cookies. No, in fact, they were, they, that little plate that you put in my office when they were warm, Yeah. Uh, everyone snappled them up and they were... Yeah, but I mean, the, the, you could smell them in the office, there's oh, warm fantastic. cookies. Like, they could have been really rubbish and people no, would still, still no. eat them. If, no. No, they wouldn't. The first one, they would eat. The second one, they wouldn't come back for. But yeah. They would have taken two and three. But I, I think having done it the way I did it, I wouldn't do the same again. Would you leave out the coconut and just try it with the... Well, then it's just a white chocolate chip cookie. But with the butter the way you've done it? Well, I'm not convinced that the butter had any um, major impact other than I think it may well... And I, look, you'd have to be some sort of science whiz that understands combinations of flavours and stuff. It may well be the nuttiness in the butter is like sort of helped the coconut come through because I found them quite... The were, it quite was quite prominent. different, yeah, yeah. It was quite different. Yeah. I never knew that you had coconut in yours, ever. Always knew it was white chocolate. Never mm. knew it had coconut in it. So, same recipe, barring one egg. That was the only difference. And that may well be because of, of what I did to the butter. Um, but, well, yeah, my mix is pretty dry at times, but oh, it, this when was, it pushes down... This was real dry. Compresses. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't... There was... I couldn't even roll it into a bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is dry. But... The other thing worth noting is, um, and I don't know how you bake yours, but I baked mine because I was working in the steam oven. I baked mine at 15 degrees lower, but it took the same amount of time and they were larger biscuits. I normally put mine in the steam oven and they do take less. Yeah. They do, and I do know that. Yeah. So I put down the time that I, if I was in the bottom oven, Yeah. that's the time I they cook for but in yeah. the steam oven when I put them in the steam oven way less yeah yeah so it's important for people to know if you are you know and I know that getting a recipe getting a recipe yeah. from uh, anywhere um, if it's just a regular fan forced convection oven recipe if you do decide to use a combination mode on your oven um, it may well take less time it's only because of the effectiveness that steam has on transferring heat to food and i know that because i made them in before i had steam oven yeah and so i knew as soon as i saw them turning that hey 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 yeah they're out yeah and you could you don't get as much color on yours as i did on mine mm. that's the other thing too Yours were really quite like I wouldn't. Have they, said were that they were baked beautifully. Like I, I will they were say, fantastic. they cooked like super evenly and baked well. But they took twelve minutes 
but 15 degrees less than what you had written on your recipe. But you wouldn't have thought they were the same recipe. If you, you yeah, exactly. side and by that's side, the thing. Yeah. completely, people would have said, no way, they are yeah. not the same ingredients. Isn't that funny, though? Yeah. Doesn't it, like, doesn't it show you? Yeah. Like, and a lot of it comes down to interpretation, technique. Yep. Because while you're you're putting a little bit of method there, you're really putting like dot points, mix this, mix that, da da da. Done. It's really like it's like, so simple. Beat the yeah, yeah. beat the butter and sugar. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, get all the dry ingredients together. Yeah, it's only because I'm messing with it. Flip like, them all in, stir it around with the with the spoon. The only thing I did add, which may well account also for the coconut, was I salt. That was the one thing that was missing out of your recipe. There's no salt. Yeah, see, I'm... No, I know you always yeah, salt. Yeah, always with sweets. I Biscuits, you, I baking, always anything, that. salt. And that may well account also for the coconut being more prominent in the recipe. But it's funny, isn't it, is you take an identical recipe, you get... You're right. You put those two. There was you no put way. Two of those biscuits side there by side no and way. give them to someone. And yet yours look fantastic on the on the plate when they were just piled up. They look great, and everyone was like, oh, "Seagulls." Boop. Yeah. And then back in again. Boop. Yeah, it's free food. Yeah, but not Take just that with free a grain food. Of salt. It's free food. Not just free food. But not, yeah, they are. They have got standards. My, oh, yeah. they have standards. They work for you. So. Yeah, no, they're low. <laughs> they're low. <laughs> okay, we admit. But anyway, yeah, it's so we'll, we will continue on with the um, Linda's favourites sort of thing. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next. I can't remember. I can't remember what the next one was. Anyway, we'll come up with something. We'll tell you on Friday when we do our next podcast. But in the meantime, I am doing some other stuff. We'll have some recipes going up uh, soon. I'm trying to get one finished this afternoon. So Did you end up making treacle pie? Is that no, that's, that'll, on Friday? that'll okay. come. Uh, right. that'll come tomorrow I'll do that I've had another couple of things I've been asked to to do but I've also got a nice little sort of canapé one uh, an old chef mate of mine that I just happened to call the other day about another thing I said to him oh, I remember you used to do these these things and he just spewed out a sort of very vague recipe over the phone and I was like oh yeah I remember that so I've just bashed that together now and so we'll... Uh, what, you just listened to him talk about it and you just did it and add like that's I ad-libbed a lot of it, so I don't know. But it's kind of, no. look... Oh, you, mean, writing it down. Tell me, next. Right, tell yeah, me exactly. It's flavour profiles that, okay. you know... It's like, we're, what we're going to do is essentially... He used to make these um, samosas. You know, the like yeah. fried... Yeah. I don't even know if they're a street food, but... Sort of Indian spiced vegetables. Vegetables, fantastic, yeah. like a mash in. Yeah, pastry. sort of. It's great. Um, and I said to him, I said, oh, you know, and it was more not so much about what the filling was, but his spice mix. Um, so I said to him, oh, help me out. Um, so rather than do that, and we used to, because he used to do like large volume catering and stuff like that, they were always done probably more traditionally and deep fried. Um, what I'm doing is I'm making them into, um, I'm putting them in filet pastry. We're going to bake them in the oven. Because oh, I, nice. I just sort of thought, thought we haven't actually done a lot of filet pastry stuff. And filet pastry is great pastry to work with. Like really good to work with. If you know how to manage it, it's really good to work with. So I thought we'd do some like little sort of filet pastry, cigar, samosa type things. But the mix is good. It's good. It's a vegetarian too. Yeah. It kind of disappoints me a little bit. But anyway... Need to put some bacon in there. Oh, 
<laughs> make it more vegetarian. But yeah, no, so that's what I'm working on. Like right now. Speaking so we'll go of, and wrap um, some of Speaking of Philo, our good friends at Vizog, wasn't that one of their showstoppers back in the day when they first came out with. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, if they're still doing it. They would put ice cream yeah. inside the phyllo, pull yeah. them out of the freezer yeah. compartment of the cooking demonstration yeah. area and uh, cook it in the in the combi oven Yeah, and serve it. It's a funny one, that, because I know, like, you witnessed a, a visa demo. I've seen lots of them. Um, and this is the funny one when you work with appliances, which is what I do. Um it's difficult to find something that is um, something that makes people sit up and notice, but something that isn't a gimmick. Because you can do gimmicky food, right? You can you yeah. can you can invent things to become a bit of a gimmick. I've done it myself, mm. and I've actually pulled myself back and gone, "Nah, you're getting a bit gimmicky like the, here." Like uh, the cake in the cup. No, but that's no. valid. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, in certain scenarios and then again that comes down to the tone and who you're presenting to mm. and what you're doing right so um, I, I saw Martha Stewart to give you an example right I saw Martha Stewart on Instagram the other day now Martha Stewart our American friends would know massive oh huge huge we, name we like, he knows who globally. she is too yeah, yeah absolutely huge name yeah. so anyway the other day she was she got a coffee coffee cup a large coffee mug and she put a couple of pieces of toast in the toaster, dropped it down. And one day I want to talk about toast. So keep that on your, okay. on your oh, list. That li- yes. Because I want to talk about toast and how to toast. If we had a list, I'd add it to it, but we'll <laughs> create a list. We need an admin person. <gasps> how to toast toast properly. Mm. And what, why a toaster isn't good. Okay. Anyway. Controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's Martha Stewart. It's an Instagram video, right? So it's, you know, a minute long. And she's like, I'm going to make scrambled eggs. And I was like, well, okay, fine, fair enough. So anyway, she's got her coffee mug there. She whip, whip, whisks up some eggs just in the coffee mug, add some salt, pepper, da 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 And she turns on the steam wand of her espresso machine. Oh. And uses the, the steam... And it's very high pressure steam from the espresso machine to make scrambled okay. eggs. So she's essentially got a cup over the with the espresso yeah. machine wand in a bunch of egg, turned it on, stopped it halfway through, gave it a bit of a stir, a bit of a mix, and then continued cooking and then basically poured out scrambled eggs out of a cup onto a piece of toast. Now, does it work? Absolutely. In theory, absolutely it works. That's a lot of cooking, right? You, you are just adding... Temperature and heat via many different okay. sources. If you have yeah. a fully plumbed in ready to use. You don't need fully plumbed in. Oh, don't you? No. Nah. As long as it's got a steam wand, you don't need fully plumbed. I don't think the $99 jobby we have you in the kitchen here would do that. I'm going to try it then. I bet you I can. Okay. Because you don't need a lot of temperature. To cook okay. an egg, you don't need a, no. you don't need a lot of temperature. Um, so anyway, I looked at that and that's this is where I... Okay, yes, okay, great, it can be done. It's very much like when I used to work for a, another company that I used to work for that was specialists in essentially like dishwashers and, and washing machines and wet goods. Yes, they did cooking, but what we call, you know, 
wet as far as appliances goes. Um, I always remember seeing, you know, things get around the office via email of, of people like cooking their fish in a dishwasher. Yeah, like, yeah I know, yeah. right? I know you can. Really? Of course you can. It's a heat source yeah. and you are applying it to a protein and yes, it will cook. But do you really practically want to put that do in I want to have my scrambled eggs done on a coffee machine? Unless I'm in a situation where I've got no other capability of being able to cook eggs, yeah. and that is my only opportunity and the only way I can do it, then fine. But the rest of the time, for me, it's just a gimmick. So the phyllo, back to your original point, the phyllo pastry, the ice cream in the phyllo pastry, okay, it made people notice, okay. But in theory, in cooking theory, it wasn't because of the appliance that they used that that was possible at all. It could have been done in any particular any manufacturer's appliance with any oven. It wasn't because of their unique delivery of heat or steam or anything like that. So in the theory of cooking, yes, it can be done in anyone's oven. It wasn't better or worse because it was their oven. It's just that they came up with the idea it was people found it engaging but the issue that i always have with anything like that is is the per which is one of the things that we do at cooking with steam is what we produce something that people are gonna cook at home because if it's not why do it that's interesting because that demonstration the first one i went to convinced me that steam ovens had so there was something superhuman here. capabilities <laughs> there was something here but the real reason I then went from there, because I thought, um, and the other dishes were cheese toasty and a, a sort of a rice pilaf. Yeah. But none of it was impressive. And I thought, yeah, the I'm not never going to make phyllo and ice cream. And yes, it can do that. But that's not how I cook. Yeah. But what I did gain from the lady who owned the store was how she makes her um, uh, paella. Yeah. And as I might have mentioned oh, a little while ago. And that's when I thought, that's how I cook. Now, if I can cook it better in a different way, I'm sold. And every demonstration yeah, I went you, to after that, yeah. before I bought the one our Bosch, was food that was easy to demonstrate, didn't actually tell the story about how, why would a cheese toasty, there was no link between the cheese toasty and me buying a multi-thousand dollar oven. Yeah. And... All the stories that we heard were were just, to me, were a disjunct. Yeah. The only thing that I, I found was that lady who said, I can make... Yeah, but I you see, isn't that one. funny? It's something that you didn't witness, but a story after you'd sat through demonstrations that got you over the line on the principle of steam and steam ovens. Yes. It wasn't the, no, the brand. It was the principle of cooking. So you already had an interest... You walked in, you went through a demonstration, it didn't really trigger anything for you and it was not relatable to the way you cook. Now, in the case of demonstrating, that's difficult, right? Because you, it's it's hard to know the way each person cooks. You've got to make assumptions. But that's where a demonstration is not only a demonstration, it needs to be a bit of a lesson. So you need to be able to show people and teach people about technique and method and all of these other things. Um, but the one thing for me from that story that I take away is that you can go through a million demonstrations or, uh, you know, spec sheets or whatever, 
But until you find the thing that is relatable to you, you're not going to be interested. You're not going to sit there and go, yeah, that's that product's no, for me. Exactly. And the funny thing is, is that all of this time that you spent doing other stuff that just didn't relate. Now, it's only because it's you, right? It might relate to some people. It might have related to thousands. Who knows? Who cares, right? But someone recognized that, okay, I maybe need to have a chat to this woman or you had started a conversation and she brings up paella, something that you already cooked that you're already good at, and this is how she does hers. Now, is it the technique that you use today? Probably not. But nonetheless, that story made you buy a combi steam oven. didn't make you buy a particular brand, but that story secured your belief in the fact that you would own a combi steam oven. That single moment. Hmm. It and wasn't... We, in another topic we can talk one day, another podcast we can talk about how you are swayed from the brands you think you're going to buy. Let's make that the next one because that's... Oh, I love hang that on, now there's, now there's two on the list. <laughs> hang on. We actually have a list Getting there. Getting ahead of ourselves. But, but that's, that was different. But you're right. I, in all the demonstrations I've been to, not all because I have been um, to some that have been really relevant, yeah. but, but most of them, um, I think the visual might not have been the pilaf. I think it might have been salmon and veggies and the veggies were actually hard which wasn't a good selling point because they were like too hard to eat. Mm. But I got her point and I thought, yeah, that's interesting. But it wasn't, as you said, until the lady. But you and but I attended one for a, yeah. a very well-known... Lovely presenter. Lovely, brand. but man, it was a disaster. Yeah, totally On every disaster. level, that was yeah. a food disaster. Yeah. And did not, and everyone that we were watching who was at the, at the presentation, no one walked away thinking... That was a great food presentation. Or that's, or a, great that's a great example that's a great of how example. to use their or of the brand itself. Induction cooktop, oven. steam oven, combi oven. It, it was wasn't terrible. a great example of the brand of every, itself. Everything yeah. that poor person cooked turned out to be really bad that day. Yeah, and everyone has an off day, right? No, so you exactly. can't wipe off an entire no, no. brand decision. But the point is, is that um, it's it's funny what triggers. Uh, people into particularly around steam ovens right because it's still to a degree relatively new right and people still need convincing similar to induction right induction's been around for ages and people who work within manufacturing appliances know induction back to front and it's not new it's kind of like yeah whatever it's just induction but it is still in the eyes of a lot of consumers it's still a new technology and yeah. it's different in each state in each part of the world and like everywhere like yeah. induction's hardly and I know this because I've been there and I've witnessed it induction is not an embraced technology in India is that because of the ongoing power problems they have power supply problems power supply problems the way they cook there's a myriad yeah, of, a whole, myriad yeah, a of range things of, yeah a range yeah but it doesn't mean that it you can't find the thing that maybe triggers some people in India to go, ah, oh, okay. That's right. how we do it. Okay. Well, yep. it's already bloody hot here. Why do I need to heat up my whole house? Because my gas cooktop, 60% mm. of the heat of my gas cooktop doesn't go into my food. It goes into my house. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the one example that that one person needs. Mm. But it's funny how... You can go through all of these processes when you're appliance shopping and you're building your dream kitchen and all the rest of it and you get told all these manner of stories but until you find the one that fits you 
you're probably not going to get across the line, which is why manufacturers spend so much time and brands particularly spend so much time trying to appeal to such a broad audience because they don't know what you want to know. No, exactly. But it, it's, and we, it's, it's something that we struggle yeah, with. I know. As a, as a small business, like a yeah, very small exactly. business. We, we don't know what you want to know. We don't know what you want us to cook. No. We just I just make assumptions to go, oh, I want to cook that today. And I make the decision mm. about what is going to be on the Cooking with Steam website. Mm. My job would be far, far easier and always is easier when someone comes to me and says, like we had 12 months ago, whatever it was ago, a guy called John goes, oh, I use your beef tenderloin tutorial all the time. It's great. I love it. Da, da, da. Can you give me, like, can you do something for a roast chicken? Yeah. Like, give me an alternative to just the regular roast chicken. We ended up going down the rabbit hole with that and we did a whole thing on master stocks yep. and how to make a master stock, how to yeah. essentially brine a chicken in a master stock, the results you get, how to roast that chicken. Like, it became its own thing mm. and it not only worked for him, but it works for us as yeah, a I'm content still, provider. I still do that. Yeah. yeah. And I still do So we having people tell you what they want is so much easier and that's half the problem when people are appliance shopping. A lot of the time, and I only say this from experience, is... Yeah. People don't listen. No, but people also, we're sitting there and there's maybe 10 of you. Yeah. And there'll always be one that thinks it's their private Idaho. Yeah. You know, another couple that are happy to communicate if they can get a word in. And then the majority will sit there not wanting to either appear dumb or make a noise or say something. Well, some, people would prefer, some people yeah, are shy. Some prefer to yeah. ask the questions privately yeah. and have a private conversation, which is why I think it's always interesting that so few salespeople stand around a demonstration yeah when i've been walking into a store and i see a demo going i'm always looking for the salespeople standing around and who often having a coffee having a chat to each other it's like these people are ready to buy they are here for a reason mm. what are you guys doing i look at it yeah no i think you, might, you, 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 just, you and i disagree yeah. but i haven't seen when i go yeah. out spotting to stick my head in and have a look around and see what's going on. Mm. I haven't seen one. Yeah. Actually standing there looking like, hey, I'm the dude, come and talk to me. There's a myriad of reasons for that. Could be. No, there but is. But I'm just saying. I know, yeah. but I'm just saying. Yeah. If I was if I could then go to someone and I'm say, not hey, by by no stretch of the up, by no stretch of the imagination. Am I, am what is going on here? Am I Bat it going into bat for salespeople at a retail level, but I do know that there is a myriad of reasons why you people could potentially have that. Why are they so standoffish and not coming to talk to me? Maybe, but even at the end, saying yeah. hey, no, come no. around. But look, it's a, it's a look, it's, a, and I know that. Um, but either way, for the yeah. for the next topic, we talk yeah. about with that. But it was interesting. And uh, okay, we've covered it. Yeah, we've covered we've it done way a few too much things. today. And this has gone on. This is like three podcasts in oh one. Oh my god, you've got a meeting. You I have know, to go. I know they started three. They're not here yet, so oh, the next okay. one's not here. Oh, they actually so, coming in. Yeah, well, oh, it's, uh, oh, there we it's, go. Not, it's a bit sad. Yeah. Um. So yes, well, thank you for that. I hope everyone's got something out of that uh, long um, podcast. Yeah, it's a bit long. Sorry. No, no. I'm always finding it interesting. This is what you and I yeah. talk about sometimes, and now we just put a microphone between us. We went off topic. Anyway. But thank you, and thank you for that, Paul, as ever. And for everybody out there, happy cooking, stay safe, and until next time, see ya. See you later. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. 
We'd love you to subscribe. And for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com. Mm-hmm.